Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries Telephone Conference. We are so excited to have our second one for this year, and here we are. And we pray that you are excited about joining us tonight, and you found time to call in, and we're Pray that you will call all your, or text your other friends who need encouragement or prayer for their hurting or dead marriage, and tonight you would be encouraged because we've got um, some guests, special guests, that will encourage you, and we'll, you'll hear their story. And so get on the phone, text, email, whatever way is best for you. And uh, tell some of your standard friends to get involved in this telephone conference with us tonight. And we have part of our staff with us tonight, which we're thrilled to have. And Tim's working with the media part. And Lori, who you all have probably uh, read an email from, a devotional. And you've got an email from her. Um, we just love, uh, just had her do a devotional just recently, and she got a great response and being in the middle, and uh, I know that you may feel you're in the middle of waiting, as well as we have Beverly and Deanne, who are, are people that you, uh, many of you have either, either uh, prayed with or met um, in our different settings that we have. So we're just thrilled to have everybody here. And um, thank you, our standers, Thank you for my staff, for all of you that make it possible, because without everybody involved in our ministry and the ones that uh, translate our Spanish material, Odette and Laura and all the others, we are just Kim. We could never do without Kim, who um, does the uh, Charlene Cares for Kids so if you are not receiving all of these other um, helps for you, we hope you will go and find them on our website. As well as men, you are not by yourself because we have men writing men's devotionals um, every week, and uh, we're thrilled to have them. And, in fact, um, the one, both special guests that I have been chosen tonight um, are both written one or more uh, devotionals for us. And we're, Rusty is, has written Standing Firm Men's Devotional since I just mentioned that. Um, and I am thrilled that he has joined us, as well as Jim, who was with us last month. He wrote um, and has written uh, Men's Devotionals. And we have Ruth with us tonight, who has written uh, in for the Monday Guest Devotionals. So we're thrilled to have everybody here, and welcome. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be encouraged to 
uh, be especially uh, join us when we pray where two or three are gathered together. You know, it is it is done, and we are just going to pray together tonight after. I teach a little, and after we hear the testimonies, then we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for your husband, your wife, your children who are um, blinded, deceived, they're deaf, they can't hear what the Lord is trying to do in their heart and lives. They are saying no, or they're being disobedient, and the devil has, has got them captive right now. And... That is why we want to do, um, I really wanted to do it this special night because it's so perfect, because it's the day after Palm Sunday, and we are all going and walking in to Holy Week and uh, into a special time. So we just want to welcome everybody here tonight, and let me pray, and then we're going to get started. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for everyone that is going to join us throughout this evening, and thank you for all of the ones that are going to be able to hear this forever. And, Lord, to God be the glory for the technology that you have done in the last few years compared to where our ministry's been for 25 years. And this is just phenomenal, and I just give you all the praise and the glory for all that um, you have opened doors to do with um, wisdom and knowledge given to people. Lord, we are just asking that you would be with our standards. Lord, there are many people, many standards, men and women that are hurting or uh, today they're praising the Lord because they had a miracle or had a blessing from you. And we have both kinds right now. Uh, And we are just praying for every one of the standards here tonight that they will open their hearts, their eyes, and their ears to hear your voice. And may they pray with us tonight, saying, Lord, speak to me. Show me your will, your way, your direction. And uh, may you speak to me. May you, I, I, right now I can't hear anything as someone's thinking right this very moment. I don't hear anything, see anything. I see it in evidence of nothing right now. And they, you may be in a wilderness, but the Lord is right there with you. He said he will never leave us or forsake us. So regardless, and if we're in a dry season, may I encourage you. Oh, Lord, you're right there with them. May I encourage them to read your word more and more, turn on music more and more. And may you speak to them. Lord, I pray you will bless them tonight. And may the ones that have the most urgent needs right tonight, the most urgent prayers tonight, may you bless them abundantly and may you meet their needs and help them uh, spiritually, financially, uh, physically, emotionally. Father, heal every one of these peoples with their broken heart their crushed spirit, and may you take their heart of stone and turn it to a heart of flesh. May you take all that unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, anger, stuffing it down. May you remove all of that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we are asking you to have them to rise up to be victorious Christians in spite of their circumstances. May they radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. 
That is what he wants us to be. He wants us to be a missionary while we're standing and fighting for our marriages or fighting for any of our uh, difficulties that we may have every day of our life throughout our lifetime. And that we would radiate the Lord and be able to say, Jesus is the answer. And we just ask that you would take all of these encouraging words and scriptures tonight and may you um, even play back the, the conference call again to, if you don't have uh, paper or pencil or Bible tonight, may you get it and use it the next time. Lord, we ask that you will bless every stander and any family member that needs to hear this or that they're telling them to call up. May you encourage the family members to be um, prayer warriors for them. Like, um, we need more people to be prayer warriors, but we need positive prayer warriors, ones that have faith, hope, and trust. And we will just give you, the uh, Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory for what you're going to do, and we ask you to bless this night as only you can do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we're thrilled to have everybody here, and um, we are just blessed um, as we do our telephone conferences. It's an exciting uh, time for us as we love doing them and and sharing uh, to other people. And this is uh, a special week, as I started to say, and yesterday was Palm Sunday, and this is the week of Holy Week, and we have services in many different churches and and uh, every place of Monday, Thursday, and then we have Good Friday services, which I always attend, and then there are many musicals that are done with uh, cantatas and all sorts of musicals uh, for Easter time, and then we have early, early sunrise services and Easter resurrections. Sunday services um, at, at our churches, and that is to God be the glory, and praise the Lord, we've got so many churches around the world that are going to be celebrating Easter, Resurrection Sunday, that Jesus Christ is alive, and he is alive, and he's, it's so exciting, and I've written many um, specially um uh, devotionals this week that are telling about before, but as I wrote in the newsletter, and if you haven't read it, go to our website and click on resources and you'll see where you are, you can see where the newsletters are and read about it because Jesus stayed after he arose and revealed his presence to Mary Magdalene, he then stayed 40 more days and showed himself to over 500 people. And he did so many miracles during that time so that they know that they know that Jesus Christ, he wanted to prove, God wanted to prove to so many people that there was documentation that he arose and defeated death and Satan. And that is awesome, and that is where I want you to get excited. I love Christmas, but I love Easter because when we believe in resurrection, when we believe in resurrection Sunday and Easter, then we can believe that the Lord can resurrect our dead marriage. 
And that is where so many people allow the enemy to just come and attack their enemy, their en- their mind with the enemy's thoughts and lies. And he wants you to know that in Luke 19 it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that is so important. You have to believe the Word of God. You have to believe the promises of God. And if we don't believe, then we will not have enough faith, hope, and trust that he is going to restore your marriage because the enemy is going to throw so many circumstances or so many lies or your spouse is going to say so many things to you and to your children and to other people and they love to tell you and all of a sudden you're ready to give up and you say it's not going to work and and then you then throw in time in the middle of this and you because of time that that simple word it can end up destroying your faith and hope and trust and you give up or you fall into sin. And we do have people fall into sin. And you've heard the testimony possibly of Luz and Fabian and other people that they, they, we, we have people that, that fall into sin. Well, we are, that's why you've got us to try to keep you going on that, following the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in Matthew sixteen twenty four says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So we need to realize that we have to crucify our flesh and we have to say, no, I'm not going to fall into sin and become like my spouse or be an example to my church or my family, my especially my children. And we have to beware that the enemy is going to use a lot of different temptations. How can we know? Because many, many of your spouses were men of God, were women of God that read the Bible every day, maybe even through the year. And then there's the ones that were music men and youth leaders, and then deacons, or elders in a church, or any, you were a Bible teacher, your husband or wife were a Bible teacher, or your kids were very involved in youth group, and then they fell into sin. It's not all these people that we work with, many of them have been mighty men and women of God and teenagers that were really on fire for the Lord. But the enemy tempted them, just like he tempted Jesus. And he's going to try to tempt you, and we're saying to you, beware, especially when the closer you get to your marriage restoration, the enemy is going to turn up the heat on us to try to give us to, to give up and to quit. And that is a devil's lie. So don't give up and don't quit. And when you start thinking of quitting, get back into the word, back into that music, and and pray because the enemy is shooting fiery darts. But be sure, and I'm going to say it right now, 
be sure you put on the armor of God every day because we talk to people every day that stop doing it, and that is right where they're a target, and uh, that's where we want to stay. So stay prayed up, put on the armor of God, the blood of Jesus, hedge of protection, and God has, has us, and uh, we just are really excited. But we want you to know that the Holy Spirit wants to set the captives free. You know, and we've talked about that in Second Timothy two twenty six, twenty two to twenty six. I'm not gonna even read that scripture tonight, but if you are new and we have so many new people and I hope the new people have joined us on this phone call because this we love the new people and are so excited they found us and we just want them to to know that in Second Timothy two twenty two to twenty six is a real special scripture for us standards that that says flee the evil desires of our youth and then pursue righteousness and then it goes on and then it says in the end that your spouse has been taken captive by the enemy. So I just want to uh, read just a little bit of the scriptures tonight and we'll go into John twelve. And if you want to open up your Bible, I just want to read a little bit, and I guess it's not a little bit, but I want to get you into what is happening for Jesus, what is happening to Jesus. He, This triumphal entry is huge because he was announcing who he was, and it is so important. Jesus is speaking of his death here, and he's telling people ahead of time what is going to be happening, and we must be aware of that. We must understand. I want each of us to be a disciple that we understand the word, and we read the word, and we understand what's happening. So we want to praise the Lord, and we he's our Lord and Savior. And it says, uh, verse 12, I hope you got to John 12 now, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written. And said, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this, and there it is. The, the disciples had really some, a, lot, a lot of lack of knowledge because even after the crucif- uh, even after he was taken prisoner, what did they do? They, ran, they fled. They ran away. They didn't even follow him or see where he was, what was happening to him. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb, raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. And that is what we've got to understand. We need to pray that the whole world does want to get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to proclaim Jesus is the answer to anything. 
and uh, we're thrilled. So how many people are joining us? So we're on John 12, verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast, and they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Well, we all can see Jesus, and we all know who he is. But Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip turned and told Jesus. And here's what Jesus said. Read the red. I love the red in my Bible. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He is now predicting his death. And he's telling his disciples, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And there's talk about that eternal life that we have. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And that's the question. When we're standing, we're not to be isolated. We are not to go into isolation and do not allow the devil to torment you with depression or loneliness. We are to go into church and we are to be there and we're to be a lighthouse of what the Lord has told you to do. I understand that not all churches believe in marriage restoration. I understand that pastors may not uh, believe with you or pray with you, but if not, you may want to choose another church or you may stay there and be a witness as I was. My pastor told me to get divorced. I stayed where I was. I proclaimed and shared to many people um, what the Lord was speaking to me. I'd open up my Bible and show them what a promise I got that week and said, look, I prayed about this, and look at the Bible gave, what the Lord gave me this week. And there was a group of people that really knew that God was moving in my heart and life, and that's what we want you to be a lighthouse. And we want you to proclaim how the Lord is answering prayers for you financially, emotionally, physically. Um, a lot of you may get sick uh, or have been sick, but then the Lord has touched you and healed you in many different ways by doctors and, and everything else. But we need to be a lighthouse and proclaim. We don't want, let's notify our faces that we have had the Lord speak to us, and he has called us on an assignment, and that is to fight and pray for our family, for the legacy of marriage, for all of our families and, and generations to come. Now let me go back to verse 27. Now my heart is Can troubled. Can I interrupt you for one second? Yes. It's, it's Lori, guys. I just want to add one thing to that, which she was just talking about, where she went to a church that at the time, um, the pastor wasn't super supportive of her stand. Don't not go to church because you can't find a church that will support your stand. Don't say that, that it's okay just to stay home and you're just going to do your own Bible study because you need that church as much as they need you. You're missing a blessing that you can be to other people is they watch you walk through this trial and see how you do it. 
and you will receive blessings as you see other testimonies of people that are going through trials and and how they've handled it. So don't not go and let the enemy just deceive you into staying home and thinking it's better to just do that. Yes, because my pastor even got to marry us afterwards, and then, then, then the Holy Spirit touched him, and he had everybody coming up to the altars to pray over us. And then he used, he came and spoke to us and apologized and said, I am so sorry God has revealed to me how in air I've been. And so do not give up that God's going to get the glory in the end. Remember Romans 8.28. He turns this around to good. I could have, um, you know, we could have given up. But guess what? I didn't. And I, the, and in, in our own church, he had the one God used to speak marriage restoration two, three months after after I was divorced. The Lord sent somebody to my our church. That's God saying, Charlene, you, didn't, you listened to the world. You listened to everybody else, but you didn't ask me. And you've just got to say, focus to speaking to the Lord and, and say, I can't hear you. He will speak to you. I guarantee you there's nobody. God speaks to us. And if you have not ever had that happen, we've got to see a CD that says God Speaks and get it because I never heard God until after my divorce. And I, I, because I never went to him and pleaded with him. I never cried out to him like I did afterwards. But I, I want you to understand, um, the, there are pastors, but right now we're, we are hitting a, 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 we're hitting a crisis with marriages. But God is winning because who created marriage? God, and he will win in the end. He will. We just have to rise up and pray for a revival. And when you have a restored marriage, all these marriages are getting restored. They are going to be a lighthouse in their church, and they can be teachers of marriage, of Bible studies of marriage restoration or people having marriage problems in their churches. You can be around the world doing this. Do not worry about when and you're going to get to minister. Don't worry about ministering. Minister now with what you're doing and be a lighthouse and get your children of all ages in the church, in youth groups, because we have got to teach them that we're all together a family at church. If we don't take them to church, then they're not going to teach their children in the future to go to church. Now, I haven't lost my place, so don't worry. We're on John 12. Thank you, Lori. On John 12:27. Now my heart is troubled. This is Jesus talking. What shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it, it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But when I, when I am lifted up from the earth, and that was Jesus' ascension, 40 days after he was arose, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. 
and a crowd spoke up. We've heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? And then Jesus told them, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light where you have it so that you may become sons of light. And when he finished speaking, Jesus left and he hid himself from them. He is challenging us right there. Be the lighthouse wherever you go, to at the grocery store, wherever you go. At work, if you cannot speak about Jesus, you can pray for them. And you can tell the people individually, I'm praying for you for your problem. And it will make a difference. It's going to make a huge difference in somebody's life. And I want you to not be um, depressed and discouraged to the point that you don't realize that God can use you each and every day, wherever you go, if we turn our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, use me now. And, and, and Lord, turn, turn my circumstances around to bring glory and honor to you. Remember Mary Magdalene. You think your circumstances are impossible. And your husband or wife or your son or daughter are on drugs and alcohol and they're promiscuous. And you can list the, all the sins that your spouse is doing. But may I remind you, Mary Magdalene, as I said in our newsletter, and I know not everybody reads that, I want you to, so go to it today. But Mary Magdalene was, was um, blinded and deceived and had seven demons, and she was delivered. The, the Lord delivered her from seven demons, as it says in the Bible. And she then was followed her Lord with many other men and women who were the ones to, to pay for all of the expenses. So I want you to understand do not say, but my husband is doing this, or but my wife is with another man. It doesn't matter. The Lord can do anything. Nothing, nothing is too hard. We need to pray for your spouse to have an, an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ in his perfect way. And we need just to pray for him to have it. We need to pray to that they are blessed every day, that you don't pray curses on them. We pray blessings on them. We pray they hunger and thirst for the word of God and believe what it says. So our prayers make a huge difference. So we pray you will make a huge difference by spending the time praying. And remember, as I will teach on Thursday, Jesus took his three best friends when he was in a crisis, and he asked them to pray. And what did they do? They fell asleep. They might as well not have joined him, but he fell asleep. And I think that so symbolizes us. The Lord is asking us to pray for our family members, to pray for our jobs, to pray for our employment, to pray for the chapel praise, to pray for the ones going through divorce, to pray for your people on church that have a prayer list. We're to pray. And you know what? You and I become weary or tired or lazy or too busy. 
probably the last is the first reason. We become too busy to even stop and make time to pray for some of the people that are in the hospital. Personally, I know two very close friends and, and family members that is in the hospital, and they've been there for a while. And it's Kathleen's mom, my daughter-in-law's mom, Doreen, and she's fighting for her life and death. And she almost died, and they said she was going to die. But she's alive after two months, still in the hospital. God can do anything when he's in it. I want you to believe in the power of prayer. Because Bob and I are living witnesses that God heals people that the doctor writes going to die. It doesn't matter. It's what Jesus decides. So do not, do not give up on your husband and wife and children, regardless of the diagnosis, regardless of what the enemy has done to them, taken down the road of sin. Believe what the promises of God say. And fight for your spouse. Pray scriptures with their names in it. Do not give up. Because when you become weary and doubt happens, that's where we need to say, Lord, rescue us from us falling into the trap of Satan. So I want to close with a scripture in Revelation uh, 22. It's at the very end of the Bible. And I just read it the other day, and it just seemed like the perfect scripture to close with. Revelation 22, 14, and 15. Blessed are those who wash their robes. Let me think. I don't know if that's the right one now because it doesn't sound right. I think I'll just go back to verse 12 and work my way into it. Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs that who those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practice falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. He, he's, he is asking us and warning us that it goes on. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come and let him who hears say, Come, who is ever thirsty, let him hear. Come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And it says that he is wanting us to come to him. And at the end, I'm going to skip over to verse 20 because I'm not over my time. He who testifies to these things, yes, says, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. And God's mercy and grace <clears throat> is there for your husband, your wife, the ones who have fallen into the sin and become idolaters or whatever their description is. Let the Lord believe in God's mercy and grace. 
And we let me pray. Lord, we just give you all the praise and the glory and honor that I know that nothing, nothing is too hard for you and nothing is impossible to, um, for you to do. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that we will believe greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world and no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I just pray that through this holy week that we will just seek the special time that we can have with the Lord and he can speak to us a new word, a new promise to stand in the gap for our husbands and wives and children. May we not become weary, but in due season we will reap the harvest. And, oh, Lord, I just pray that you will just touch every stander here that is listening, and may they be encouraged that you, that we're not going to give up because Jesus Christ arose. And we are going to believe in the resurrection of our marriage because my marriage was dead and I was divorced and there's non-covenant marriages and it doesn't matter because we know of spouses that are miserable in those non-covenant marriages and we've just got to have you, Lord, show them the way of escape and come home. It doesn't matter if they have had a baby, Lord, because we've had Ishmael babies in, in the Old Testament to show us that you you take care of the, the child of Ishmael, but you also work it out. You work out every detail. You are the one that's going to be with every one of these standards and show them your will, your way, and show their spouse the way of escape and to get home. We just must pray and stand in the gap and not give up. And, Lord, I just pray that as we share these two testimonies tonight, that they will be blessed abundantly and realize that these are real people. And just like I'm a real person that went through a lot of trials and tribulations, you turn it all to glory, to God's glory, and we give you the praise and the glory for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, now we're going to a different segment that's the fun segment because we get to talk to Ruth and to Rusty to hear their stories of their marriage standing. And um, they do not have their marriages restored yet. I, we had, um, we're going to not have all restored marriages on the telephone conference because we know you need to hear about how, how do you stand and how and how did we do things? How did it, how does one person do it? How does another person do it? So Ruth, we're going to start with you, ladies first, and we're so excited to have you. And you're from uh, Arizona, and uh, would you like to just tell us a little about your testimony and your husband and your family? I would love to. Thank you, Charlene. Um, first of all, I just want to share. A few things that my pastor said yesterday on Palm Sunday that I think might help all of us. Um, he said, have you ever gone through something that you didn't want to go through in order to get where you knew you needed to go? Now, he was talking about Jesus, but when he said, have you ever gone through something you didn't want to go through in order to get where you needed to go, I thought that applies perfectly to standards. And he Amen also said, to that. <laughs> Amen to that. And he also said something that I think totally applies to me, and you'll understand it when you hear my testimony. Have you ever done something you thought was right that turned out to be dumb? And um, then he said, have you ever asked God to do something he didn't seem to be doing? What you can't see is what he is doing. On the other side of the mountain, according to um, what we believe, 
Um, and when they were beating Jesus, he knew he couldn't die then, and that he had to go to the cross or we'd still have sin. There's a cross God wants us all to carry to further the advancement of his kingdom. And I thought all of us standers who are carrying these crosses, because we're fighting for the salvation of our spouses. And then he also said, this is kind of a, a word for all of us in the congregation. He said, some of you in the midst are in the midst of your Good Friday, the darkness, the dilemma. But Sunday is coming. Resurrection is going to visit your life. Amen. Amen. And then he also had one more thing. He said, on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This week, finally let it go. Don't forgive and then keep taking it back. Forgive and walk in liberty. When Jesus said, it is finished, it was a declaration, not a resignation. And then I have one more thing to share before I give my story. Um, A few years ago, um, my uncle's pastor in Seattle said, we live our lives forward, but we understand them backward. In other words, we don't understand what we're going through at the time, but we get it later. But we need to remember that God always knows what's going on, and we have to trust him. Now, my husband and I married 48 years ago, and we had a rough time from the beginning. I suffered from codependency because my parents were alcoholics. I was addicted to chaos and learned to create it. I grew up thinking someone has to be the responsible person in this family, so I tried to control things, and that didn't work. And last year at my Celebrate Recovery 12-step graduation, we held up our cardboard testimonies. One side of my sign said, Control Freak, and I turned it around to the new me side, and it said, God is in control. My husband's parents seemed to have a marriage of convenience without much love. At age 19, I married a man with the same temper as my father. Neither one of us knew how to participate in the relationship or how to love or be loved. During the first year of our marriage, he had an affair, and I buried the pain for over 40 years. It festered, and my heart turned to stone. We traveled a rocky road for most of us, sort of like you and Bob. Over the years, we attended church regularly, yet we were not committed to the Lord. Jesus was not at the center of our marriage. I was raised in church, but I never knew Jesus. I took him into my heart in 1980, but faltered in my faith after that. My husband was a believer, but probably lukewarm like I was, but we thought we were sufficiently saved. We had two children, a daughter two years after we married, and seven years later, after struggling with infertility, we were blessed with a son. At age two, our son had surgery and radiation for a brain tumor. He did well until age 24. In 2001, the tumor turned aggressive, and he lost his vision, and he came home to live with us for the last 11 years of his life. He was on chemo most of that time and had three more surgeries. My husband and I lived our lives to make his easier and neglected ourselves and our marriage. We were in and out of the relationship the last four years of our son's life. The stress was tremendous. We stopped going to church. At one point, I had a breakdown and was in bed for two months trying to disassociate from my life. And the last two years, I was actually an in-house prodigal 
I had met a man through a business I was involved in who supported and distracted me. He lived in another state, and we saw each other on occasion at functions. The relationship was never physical, but it was an emotional affair, and we had soul ties. The enemy was trying to steal my marriage and was tempting me with a counterfeit. It's been almost four years now since my son went to heaven. He was 35 years old. He was a miracle. I thank God for the time we had with him. I deserted my marriage during the most critical time in our lives. Three months after our son passed away, I broke my husband's heart and left him. I ran from the memories and the conflict and toward a new life. I had lost myself and thought I was going off to find myself in a peaceful environment. I moved to the state where my sister and my remaining relatives lived and where that counterfeit man lived. Things seemed to be fitting together, but I didn't know it was the work of the enemy. I didn't know I was heading to the pig pen of the far country, just like the prodigal son in Luke 15. I soon realized my family had their own lives. My health deteriorated. My body and spirit were not comfortable nor at peace. I did not have the same feelings for that man and realized it had been a fantasy and a mistake. On my couch one evening, the Lord changed my heart. It was like when Saul was on his way to Damascus to kill more Christians and the resurrected Jesus appeared to him. The story is in Acts 9, and Saul became the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I felt like God socked me in the gut, and the awakening was excruciating. My one-year lease was up on my son's birthday, and the Lord orchestrated my return home perfectly. My husband had already met someone but agreed to try things with me. I could feel love for him after the numbness for what happened with our son subsided. We were comfortable and conflict-free for the first time ever, and I felt things were going well. Two months after I came home, I went to visit our daughter in an adjoining state, and my husband called me there and said he was moving out of the house and he was done. The enemy attacked, and I had another breakdown. I stayed with my daughter's family for six months. I was exhausted but couldn't sleep with my head spinning at night. I didn't want to live. I had opened the door to Satan, and he had a foothold in my life and my marriage because the last few years of my son's life, I desperately sought answers in the wrong places. I was angry with God because he wasn't answering my prayers. I became involved in the occult. I believed what psychics and mediums and astrologers said to me. The further I ran from God, the darker things got. We must guard ourselves and beware because it is easy to fall into sin. At my daughter's, God kept telling me to persevere and not give up, which made no sense because my husband was talking divorce. One Sunday, I felt a strong nudge all day to go to the shoe department of a certain store. I didn't need any shoes, but there I encountered my longtime friends, Missy and her mother, Carolyn. Carolyn hadn't been able to shake the urge to go to that shoe department either. Missy and her husband, Greg have a restored marriage, and God wanted her to tell me about Rejoice Marriage Ministries. The recently released CD, Rooted in Love, is their testimony. My life changed when I realized I'd been standing for my marriage without knowing it. And from that day on, through this ministry and in so many other ways, 
God has given me the strength to stand firm. I found out I was the prodigal when I left my husband, but now he was the prodigal and I was a stander. My husband filed for divorce and I came home to face things. An incredible God incident led me to celebrate recovery at my son's church. CR is for people with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. The past two years, God has been faithful to heal and deliver me. During the divorce, the Lord literally showed up in court. The judge pro tem quoted scripture and said she'd pray for us and said it was between my husband and God. The settlement proposal supernaturally disappeared, and there was no settlement that day. You should have seen my husband's attorney scrambling to find that piece of paper. God put up so many roadblocks to the divorce, yet five months ago there was a decree. I believe my husband may need to find out divorce isn't his answer. He says he is a lost soul and unsure about his life and has an emptiness that I told him only God can fill. He has not followed through with the terms of the divorce with a division of property. He still gets his mail here at home. And after months of no contact, he thanked me twice for the Valentine card I sent him, which had the wedding vows on the front and I still do on the inside. He has thanked me for the messages and articles, including Charlene Cares, that I've sent to him. I told him God knows I care enough to be the messenger and not to let it bother him because God knows what he is doing. Four months ago, God gave me this scripture that I have on my fridge, 2 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8 from the message. Now is the time to forgive this man and help him back on his feet. If all you do is pour on the guilt, you could very well drown him in it. My counsel now is to pour on the love. Both my husband and I were blinded and deceived by the enemy and stepped outside our marriage for support. But God has turned it for good, and I've been able to lean on him and draw closer to him. I never would be where I am with the Lord if this hadn't happened. He has given me strength and shown me his love and mercy. He has forgiven me for leaving my husband. I am praying my husband will also be able to forgive me. Over the past few months, I have ended friendships that were giving Satan entrance into my life. I told my high school boyfriend, with whom I was intimately involved, we no longer need to contact each other on our birthdays. I told a man I knew in college, with whom I have carried on a flirtatious mutual attraction for decades, to no longer contact me. I sent a goodbye note to the woman who introduced me to the occult seven years ago and ended friendships with people in that realm. I have repented for things that I knew were not pleasing to God, and I encourage others to dig into their own lives and do the same. I know this is all for the glory of God. It is about our salvation and eternity. It's not that I have found my way back to Jesus, but that I have truly found him for the very first time. I pray for my husband's salvation and for him to submit to the Lord. I pray the personalized scriptures that you can find on your website. Just insert you and your spouse's names. And to them I have added my own prayers and additional things from Charlene Care's devotionals. I have seen incredible miracles and signs and wonders. God gives me covenant transport and swift trucks and other vehicles. License plates. He loves to give me license plates. And I pick up pennies with significant years on them. 
every penny says, in God we trust. Scriptures appear for me at just the right time. People give me words from God, including a woman on an airplane a year ago. He speaks to us in so many ways, and the more we open to them, the more he gives us. My faith and hope are increasing. I believe in the promises of God. He has taken me to a new level of trusting him. He is moving, and I see it. I see my husband and I are different people. The old Ruth is gone, and I've left her behind. I admit I tried to control everyone and everything, including my son's tumor. I lived with it hanging over me for 33 years, and that was my identity. I am no longer that person. My identity is in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, There, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Someone told me the harder the journey, the greater the reward. I believe God was waiting for me to make him number one and to take my focus off my husband. My idolatry of my husband and my desperation have subsided. And I pray that for everyone who's standing. I am grateful for this whole experience. Even the tears and pain. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It's all been worth it. I live by myself in this house where my son passed away. But I'm no longer afraid of anything, of anyone, of my future. Because I am not alone. John 16:32 says, Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Amen, amen, amen. Praise Thank you, Charlene, for letting me tell my story. You are, well, your story was phenomenal. And... Um, Oh, you touched on so many, many subjects that so many, many people need to hear and relate to and closing doors of other relationships and everything. And you did a beautiful job, Ruth. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. To God be the glory. Thank you. To God be the glory. And uh, we... um, Understand the pain and the suffering you've had to go through losing a child so young. But um, as you said, God has been with you through the midst of it. And look what he has done to you afterwards. God has turned your whole life around. And uh, we just give him the praise. And we're thrilled that you were able to share that because I know it's going to help so many other people. And next, we are going to hear for the men and for the women, because we all are going to learn from every testimony that you hear ever in from this ministry, because everybody has a testimony that will help us all, and that is Rusty. And uh, he has uh, been a blessing to us, and we've been able to meet him in North Carolina, and we are just thrilled to have him uh, be with us, and uh, Rusty, you you uh, speak all the time with your position that you're in, and so I know you're a ham at this. So we are so thrilled because it's easy to uh, speak in employment, but it's not as easy when you have to go through the fire that you've had to go through personally. So would you share your testimony? 
Yeah, thanks, Charlene. There is absolutely nothing else that I'd rather be doing tonight than to be on this call with you guys. So I, I really appreciate the invite to be here. I've got to forewarn you, though, that after hearing Ruth's testimony, I feel like I've had it pretty easy because that is a that's a very involved testimony. And Ruth, you've been through a tremendous amount, so I just really commend you for hanging in there and staying in there. So I am a stander, and I do not apologize for it. I have been a stander officially since I knew what standing was since January of 2011. Now, it was actually an unofficial stander uh, prior to that because I did know I'd, I had some close friends that were in a marriage ministry, stained glass marriage ministries, Dale and Gina, and they have a restored marriage. So I knew that it was a – I knew about the concept, and I knew that it was possible but my marriage crisis began July 29, 2010, at 1.34 in the afternoon. Not that that event sticks out in my mind in any way, but, uh, yeah. Not it, that it, you're it counting then. numbers or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I have anything earmarked in any way, but, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, – that was the day that my wife, uh, bless her heart, came to me and said, uh, yeah, I want out, and I mean it this time. And something didn't feel quite normal because I'd heard it before, but this time it felt different, and it felt like she was, was dead serious about it. And it's needless to say, and I'm, I'm, I know that everybody can identify with this, but it sent me into a tailspin, and it was very confusing. Because our marriage, even though you know, it, it was rocked with uh, with conflict, and there was no adultery, there was no physical abuse, there was no drugs, there was no money issue, there was none of the you know quote unquote um, stuff that ends marriages and that causes marriage crisis. So what I learned later on, as the Holy Spirit began to minister to me, is. What I did, and I take full responsibility for this now, is that I just drained the life out of my poor wife for 19 years by saying to her in word and deed, you are not well. You're not well emotionally. Okay? And you need to get to counseling to deal with all your wounds and all your past and stuff so that you can come home and be the godly wife that you, you're supposed to be, and then our marriage would be okay. And... You know, I say that now, and it, it, it kind of uh, it kind of sickens me to even hear myself say that. But that's what I did for 19 years. That's how I approached our marriage, and you know, it's, it's almost it's almost understandable why she would uh, you know why she would choose to end the marriage and why she would choose to leave me at this point. But that's what I did, and you know, like I said, it sent me into a tailspin. I didn't understand it. I was very confused. I was. Uh, almost in denial. No, I wouldn't almost. I was square in the middle of denial as it started out. And But I was really blessed. I take no credit for this because this was just purely the Holy Spirit uh, speaking through godly people around me. But instead of getting angry with God, then I ran to God. I realized very early on that God was the only hope that I had to get through this. So the Holy Spirit told me to cry out to God and not get mad at him. So I clung to God until my fingers turned white 
and which that's really where he wants us to be anyway. When you think about living a life of brokenness, that's really the definition of it. So he loved on me and comforted me with his words. I remember this just like it was yesterday, even though it's been five and a half years ago, that I would be laying in bed because I didn't sleep much during the, the first few months of all this, but I'd be laying in bed and I would be thinking thoughts and entertaining thoughts that I know come from evil now. And then all of a sudden I'd cry out in prayer and a book of the Bible, chapter and verse, would pop into my mind and it would speak to me right where I was at the moment. One of my favorite ones that I recall was laying there, I think it was early one morning, and I was laying there in Psalm 55:22 popped into my mind. Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will not let the righteous be swayed. Comforted me right where I was at the point in time. And this went on actually for a couple of months. This went on for a season. Uh, and, and then after loving me for a season, then he began to show me the truth about me, which is when I came to the conclusion that uh, that I was responsible for uh, the marriage crisis beginning and you know, the, what I did to to just drain the life out of my wife for 19 years you know, and how I treated her and everything. I basically had become a selfish, prideful, arrogant, and there's no other word to describe this, but I was a selfish, prideful, arrogant fool at this point. I thought that the whole world... Uh, revolved around me, and I would say openly that Christ was the center of my life. The reality was that he was, and he was a piece of my life. I led people to Christ for 20 years prior to that, and but he was just a piece of it. it yeah, I was in the center of my world, and everything around me existed for, uh, for my benefit, for my pleasure, for my quote-unquote happiness, although I had no idea what real happiness was until that point. But, so he began to show me the truth about me and to to begin healing me and restoring me from my selfishness. He actually brought several opportunities for me to serve and he you know, began serving people that were less fortunate than me. Yeah, you, you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, folks, one of the greatest things that you can do for your heart is to do something for somebody that can do nothing for you in return. And I began to get opportunity after opportunity of helping people in ways that, uh, you know, that, that prior to that I just, just wouldn't even thought about. So began to show me that life was not all about me. So that life was about how I can pour into other people's lives. And it, it began to be you know, a really good season for me. Almost immediately, and I'm talking within days of that July 29th, uh, date that I began ministering to other men that were uh, in a marriage crisis, in the beginning part of the marriage crisis, as well as beginning to work with, uh, with people that couldn't do anything for me in return. I remember a friend of mine from South Florida called me up within days of that and said, well, I'm divorced now. You know, our, uh, My wife and I had split, and and, and it ended in divorce because of my adultery. And I began to speak to him didn't know what I was talking about, had not heard of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at that point, but began to speak to him about 
uh, you know, keeping his wedding vows and that marriage is sacred, marriage is permanent, and God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind, and basically just keep focused on him. So I began to speak of that, and that ultimately led into a ministry within months where I began walking with men that were in a marriage crisis or in the throes of a marriage crisis. And uh, I've got to say, and I give all the glory to God on this, but to date, I have walked with close to 30 different men. And I've seen seven marriages restored. So some of those I was on the sidelines, some of those I was directly involved on a couple of occasions. They said that because of something that I said to them or because of part of my testimony, they chose to stand for their marriages. Now, and to a point that you made earlier, Lori and Charlene, though, four of those seven men, four of those seven marriages are within my church. Now, my church is, you know, my senior pastor and I sat down and had a conversation about this, and I asked him, where do you stand on marriage, divorce, and remarriage? And his statement to me was that it's basically a case-by-case basis. If you want to summarize it, Rusty, we, re- we really lean more towards the two-clause uh, view on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and that's if there's adultery or if a non-believing spouse abandons the other spouse, so then we tend to side with the, the fact that divorce is okay. So so my church is not a permanence view church. They don't believe in the permanence of marriage, per se. They believe it's a case-by-case basis. Nonetheless, I have still been there. I, I've been there as a member for the last five years, and four of the seven marriages that have been restored have been with people that are within that church. So, so Lori and Charlene, to your point earlier, stay at your church. Even if they aren't a permanent view church, even if they aren't a standing church, stay at your church because God may use you to touch thousands of people through the testimony of just a couple of people. Amen. yeah, and that's uh, that's been ministry that I've been involved in for a little over five years now, is walking with men that are in a marriage crisis. Actually, it started out like that. Now it's evolved into where I'm walking with men uh, that are in all walks, you know, single men, married men, uh, men that have been divorced, men that are on the throes of a marriage crisis, to just encourage them to take their relationship with God serious including and not limited to keeping their wedding vows until death do us part. So that's what I've been doing with the last five years. Now, I described this to people that on July 29, 2010, at 1.34 p.m., it began the most wonderful, awful thing that's ever happened to me. So because God has, uh, has, has used me, he's allowed me to participate and use me in ways that I just could not have imagined before that. So, yeah, here I am. I am still standing and um, will continue to stand for the rest of my life. Uh, I have seen, I have tasted and seen that God is good and that he blesses obedience. So, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, along with writing the devotionals, uh, along with my, my good friend and brother and stander, uh, Jim from North Carolina, who's on the other side of the state, and uh, just a shout-out to him. He, I, I spoke with him earlier today. He said he was going to be on the call tonight. So, so hi, Jim. But uh, yeah, that I'm going to, to be standing for the rest of my life. 
And it, uh, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And back during the summer, during a time of fasting and praying, which I, you know, I do that pretty much. Um, I've done that every year now. This will be my seventh year spending a week of fasting and praying and uh, seeking God. And during that time last summer, I realized that I really like my life right now. And it's because of being obedient and being blessed through that. So so what keeps me going and what I recommend, I actually came up with five steps. Well, God placed on my heart five steps for effective standing for marriage and You've seen this in one of the devotionals that I wrote that was featured on Standing Firm, but do not come against your, and I put wife, but do not come against your spouse as an enemy. And you need to pray specifically about what that means for you. But uh, you pour, number two is you pour your life into other people. That teaches, especially if you have an issue with selfishness like I did, that teaches you that your life is not all about you. And it is one of the the, the best remedies that I've seen for selfishness. Number three, pour into yourself messages of reconciliation and healthy marriages. And you need to do this daily. So uh, Charlene Cares is one of the best tools that I've seen for being able to do that. Number four, recognize evil and the thoughts that come with it. And one of the ways that you recognize that is these thoughts will come with either fear, guilt, shame, or anger. So when those thoughts come into your mind, then you know that's from Satan, that is from evil, and it's time to rebuke the devil and cast him out at that point. Just tell him he has no place there. Uh, He and any spirit that is not compatible with the Spirit of God has no place uh, in your room, in your home, in your office, in your car, uh, speaking to you while you lie in your bed. He has no place there, and he has to leave immediately. And then number five is take captive every thought and control the way that you see uh, your wife, in my case, but control the way that you see your spouse. And it all boils down to, as a standard, what I've learned is that I have two responsibilities, and that is to remain pure and never give up. God can, he has to do all the rest. Now, if you undergird all of this with just pure, old, unabashed obedience, uh, you will be blessed. And, Charlene, you and I spoke recently when I was down in South Florida when we had some time together that I had recently become convicted that I had made an idol out of my stand and my restored marriage. And what that looked like for me is I said, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to keep my wedding vows and I'm going to stand and I'm going to stay pure and I'm going to never give up and then you're going to heal my marriage uh, real soon. Is, is that how? Is that what's going to happen, God? Is, okay, so you're going to heal it real soon. Okay, well, yeah, on a trip recently, we're actually got to spend some time with my covenant bride, and, you know, I got a real rude awakening that, no, it's not going to work like that at all. And so through a process of you know, basically of healing and restoring and God showing me some truth, Now I stand because I am called to stand. I am called to keep my wedding vows until death do us part, 
for the rest of my life. And even after God heals our marriage, then I'll be called to stand after that. And what that does is that gives me the additional strength to stand. Well, I'm not putting God on a timetable. I'm standing because God has called me to stand, not because he's going to heal my marriage by a certain time, but I'm standing because he has called me to stand. And that gives me the strength that I need to remain pure and never give up. And then experience the blessings of obedience. So, and, and being obedient and you know, recognizing the counterfeits when they come in. And you know, part of that is being in the scripture every day, praying every day, reading Charlene Cares, recognizing the counterfeits when they come and the temptation they come, and then turning and running as if your life depends on it. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's no accident that, uh, that Jesus said, yeah, with all other sins you resist, but with sexual sins and sexual temptations, you turn and run as if your life depended on it. So when you do that, then you experience the blessings of obedience. So some of you like me that are lifers have been in the church since you and before you could hardly walk, and you know, we've heard it that you know, the consequences of disobedience. If you're going to be disobedient, you're going to get whacked. They so, but rarely do people talk about the blessings of obedience. And I have tasted and seen you know, that the Lord is good and that being obedient is uh, is everything. It's, it is life with a capital L. So, and God hey, never really called us to be. Yes. It's Lori. I wanted to ask you a quick question before we, we moved on. Sure. I wanted to ask you, um, I know that we've talked a lot about ways that you've seen um, God move, but how have you, like, how have you seen um, changes, even little ones, between the relationship with you and your wife? Like, where do things stand, and what, what are you seeing happening, um, you know, in that, in those encounters that you have together? Oh, okay, yeah, excellent question. I have... Um... Yeah, in the time that we spent together last month, yeah, I saw on a number of occasions her looking at me and staring blankly as if she was confused. And I, I talked to my coach and counselor about that later, and he said, well, basically she is confused because she, the person that she left is a different person than who you are today. Say so you are, uh, yeah, you are, you are much more gentle than what you were prior to that. Uh, you can listen to her talk about different things and you don't react to it. You know, when she says that she's involved with somebody else and that she's never coming home and that she doesn't see how it's possible to restore our marriage, then I listen to those types of things and I say, okay. Yeah, whereas before I would have reacted to that. So uh, the, uh, you know, the exchanges that we have are much more pleasant. Than they were in the past. That's great. And I've got that's to believe great. I've got to believe that that's evidence of God working on the other side of the mountain. But, but there again, absolutely, it's, just, it's blessings of obedience. Right. And Rusty. when you hear those words, you you don't get discouraged because you know that that's just the flesh speaking. No, exactly right. So, and, and I get discouraged for about forty-seven seconds, and then I remember <laughs> who I am in Christ and what God has called me to do, and how much he has blessed me in the process of doing it. So, Rusty, the way yeah. you said um, one of the things that's important that probably everybody has heard 
is the speech that I'm never coming back and too much has happened. And the big oh, yeah. thing is is that you don't listen and receive those words, but you go to the Lord and say, what do you say? And and go back to the promises that God's given you. And when God has given you an assignment, he doesn't change in the middle of the the in the middle of it and he tells you to take the promised land to Joshua, he means you to go all the way, even though you have a lot of enemies trying to stop and block it. It it's not your spouse that you that we're fighting against. It's against the Ephesians six ten to thirteen. You can read who the enemy is. And uh oh, yeah. and for you not responding into the old rusty that's where we all have to get to. We have to act and react as a new creature in Christ where we are now spiritually and that we have changed first and not wait for them to come home and we change. Because often when they, if we're not changed, when they come home, we're not ready for them. So anyway, I did you finish? I didn't want to interrupt you totally, but um, we are uh, praising the Lord for both of your testimonies, my, my, just, my, just one have last we been thing blessed? I wanted to add. Yeah, just one last thing I wanted to add, though, that God didn't call us to be happy. He called us to be holy. And But what I have found that in the process of being holy and being obedient and being what he wants to me, wants me to be, then I have enjoyed happiness like I never could have imagined. So yeah. stand firm, guys. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. Well, we have an exciting part of our um, time ending, and this time is probably the most important time um, is we need to um, we need to um, really think about all what they've said. But we need to also realize that the most important thing we can do every day is pray. And so we're going to have um, several people pray for each of you. And we are asking that you will uh, pray with us and, uh, and lift up your own prayers if you want. But listen to us, and we're going to pray in agreement for um, for what God is doing, and Rusty's going to open our prayer time, and then we're going to continue to the closing. Okay, well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I just call upon your name tonight, and I thank you that through you we can go straight to true Papa Daddy, to our to our God, to to our Lord. And I just thank you for the blessed privilege of being able to do that. Just wanted to declare how much we love you and how much we praise you, Lord, and how much we give you honor and glory for everything that's happening in our lives and for this time together to uh, to be on this call to uh, to share with so many other people and share with so many other lives tonight, Lord. Lord, I want to lift up each and every man that is standing for the healing of his marriage, each and every man that has taken the new vow that I will not break my original vows to my wife, each and every man that has adopted the permanent view of marriage, Lord, and that will that is committed to keep his vows tonight. Lord, I pray for 
uh, eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that you would give them supernatural strength. Lord, I pray that they will see this through until they can experience the blessings of being obedient and and being uh, in the receiving end of uh, a restored marriage, Lord. I just pray your blessings upon each and every wife that is represented here tonight, those that are standing and those that are being stood for, Lord, especially those that are being stood for. Lord, we pray your blessings upon them, especially that you will open their eyes that are blind, Lord, that they may escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will, Lord. We just, uh, you know, we just, we praise you and thank you for what you are going to do. I thank you for each and every marriage that you are touching tonight as a result of Rejoice Marriage Ministries and their obedience, Lord, to to share the message of standing and the permanence of marriage with the world, Lord. I just thank and praise you for what you're going to do. Lord, I do pray a special blessing for for each and every man that is here tonight that is uh, a little unsure and wondering whether they should continue to stand for their marriage because the world is, is, is ready and willing to give you reasons not to stand. Or, and, and to say, move on with your life, Lord. Uh, well, to that I say, we are moving on with our lives. We are moving into a deeper, uh, more holy, and more loving relationship with you, Lord, through our obedience and through our permanence view of marriage and through our willingness to keep our vows. So, Lord, we are moving on with our lives, and I thank you for the blessed privilege to be able to do that, Lord. So I, I pray your special blessings upon upon our men, but also our women. Lord, I pray that you'd cover them with your blood, that you'd protect them from evil, that you would keep us safe, and that you would keep us pure, Lord, and that you would continue to fulfill our, your purpose in our lives. And we thank you and give you all honor and glory now and look forward to celebrating with you in Jesus' name. Ruth. Yes, this is, <clears throat> this is Ruth, and I'm praying for all women standers. Heavenly Father, thank you for this call tonight. I know that you're pleased with this ministry. I ask you to bestow blessings on Charlene and the Steinkamp family and the ministry its staff and the volunteers. Thank you for the global impact of this ministry. And I ask for provision and increase, Lord, so that this ministry can grow, so that many others can be touched. Not only are we standers blessed by this ministry, but we know that our prodigal husbands are too. What you have been able to show us through this ministry has allowed us to give them unconditional love, support, and forgiveness. Thank you so much for how you are changing each one of us and for molding us into who you want us to be. We know that our circumstances are bringing about these changes in us, and please let us see the big picture. Thank you for opening our eyes and showing us what is happening and what needs to happen as we progress through this step by step. And thank you for carrying us through these steps. Thank you for the full armor of God that is available to us and the protection it provides. Help us to remember to cloak ourselves and our family members in it every day. Help us, Lord, to reach out to you only for the answers to our life's problems and to submit fully to you. We know you desire us to seek you, and we thank you for being there in every, our every moment of need. And we praise you for being there in the joyous times as well. We feel your presence always. Lord, I ask you to bless our spouses, 
bring down the walls they have put around themselves, just like the walls of Jericho. Show them a way out of the lives they are living. Open doors for them. Provide clarity to them as to what they are doing and how it is affecting others. I speak repentance over them and softened hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord, we standers are at various stages in this journey, and I especially ask you to comfort those who are new to this walk. Their pain is enormous and fresh and seems unbearable at times. Let them feel you carrying the weight for them. The enemy has marked them as special targets, and I rebuke them off, rebuke him off of them in the name of Jesus. Remove their vulnerability and temptation to give in to the enemy's desires to have their marriage. Give us all strength to resist the devil and his attacks. Give us the ability to identify those attacks and rebuke him. Build our arsenals against Satan. We praise you, God, for all that you do for us. Let us recognize your hand in our lives. I ask you to bless standers with in-house prodigals. Comfort them during the, that difficult situation. Remove all bitterness and unforgiveness and conflict from their homes. Restore a loving relationship and prevent a separation. Bless everyone who is in any process of marriage restoration and those whose marriages have already been restored. We praise you for those restorations. Lord, I ask you to bless all the groups of standers who meet to support one another. There is powerful prayer in these bodies, and those of us who are in a group feel the presence of the Holy Spirit each time we meet, and that sustains us. Provide more opportunities for groups like this and give us leaders to lead them. Open up the hearts of the standers who are discouraged. Let them find renewed strength and vigor in your word. Demonstrate to them how much you want to continue on the path of marriage restoration. We thank you for the answer to all of our prayers. We declare and decree you have already answered our prayers, and we wait patiently for the fruit you have promised. Lord, continue to give us patience. Thank you for all that you are, for all you have done and are doing and will do. We give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Okay, this is Deanne. This is Deanne. Um, and I'm going to be praying for couples that are working on the marriage and that are um, are already remarried. Um, Praise you, Father, Lord. God, we just thank you, God, for who you are, God. You are holy. You are almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. Father God, you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. Father, we thank you, God, for the work you're doing, God, in restoring couples, Father God. We thank you, God. Those that are are beginning the restoration process, Father God, we thank you, God, that you just hold them, God. Hold them, God, safe in the palm of your hand, Father God. Wrap your arms around them, Father God. We ask you to pour out your spirit upon them, Lord God. Father, that they would not grow weary, maybe facing that things aren't as as they wanted them to be when they come back together, that that they're not as perfect or that there's still issues, Father God. We just give them the revelation and the wisdom, God, that it is a journey. And it is a process, Father God, and that you will never leave them or forsake them, God, that you are still with them every day, Lord God. Father, we ask you to pour out your spirit upon them, about their, upon their homes, upon their children, their families, Lord God. Father, that by your spirit, Lord God, they would continue to stand strong in you, Lord God, and not be moved, Father. Lord, I pray that you would give them grace every day, Father God. Your grace is sufficient, that they would continue to keep their eyes on you, Father God, because 
we know that the enemy will never stop, that he always roams about like a lion, seeking whom he may devour, Lord God. So we must, Father God, submit to you, Father, and resist the devil, Lord God, so that we can continue to walk in victory, Father, that we would continue that, that all, all standards in, in the prodigals that are returning home, Father God, that they would continue to look to you, Father God, to your word for the truth that will continue to set them free, Father God, your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, Father God, that is life and health to them, Father, that they would continue, Father God, to put you first, that you would continue to be their first love, Lord God, Father, that they would continue to draw on this ministry and on this website, Father, that you have given all the tools that we need, Father, that we would not think that we can stop doing what we've been doing during our stand, Father God, but we must continue to feed on the devotions and the resources available, Father God, that you have given through this ministry, Father God, by your Spirit, Father God. It's all God-breathed, and we praise you for that, Lord. Father God, I pray that, that every every husband and wife, God, that is that is in process, Father, that they would walk by faith and not by sight, Father God, and that they would keep their hearts clean and pure to continue to forgive, continue to love unconditionally, continue, Father God, to see each other through your eyes, Lord, that we would not expect perfection, but we would expect, Father God, just this, that, that we would lay our lives down and, as we've been talking all night, pick up our cross and follow you, Father. It's not about us. It's all about you, Father, that each husband and wife, Father God, would just continue to surrender to you every day and say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And just, Lord, continue to change me, continue to use me for your glory, continue, Father God, to heal my marriage and continue to, to heal our heal our household. So, Father, we praise you. We praise you that um, that that they do have victory, Father God. We can we believe and we say that you are a God that nothing is too hard or too difficult, Father God. Nothing is impossible, God. That you have begun a good work in these marriages, Father, and you will continue into the coming of Christ. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We praise you that it's all for your glory, Lord God. What the enemy meant for evil, God, you're turning it all for your good and for your glory, Father God. In every restored marriage, every reconciled marriage, Father God, we praise you for that, Lord. And Lord, I want to lift up all of our spouses and children, um, Father, that have addiction issues, God. Father, any types of, all types of addictions, Father God, sexual immorality, sexual, sexual sins, Father God, drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography, everything that would fall under addiction, Father God. We know that that's just a bondage, Father. That's the spirit of bondage. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the anointed one, and your anointing, Lord God, we declare and decree, destroys every yoke, every chain, every bondage. So we ask you, Lord, pour out the fresh oil of your anointing upon our spouses and upon our children, Father God, that every addiction would be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you that you are able, God, to protect them. God, give them mercy, God. Help them, God, to have, just give them mercy, Lord God. Open their eyes to see, Father God. Remove the blinders and the scales, Lord God. Father, open their ears and silence every one of those voices in their lives that is screaming out to them, God, and, and telling them lies and deception, God. We pray that you would open your ears to hear your voice, Lord God. Father, we pray that the pleasures of this world would grow dim and undesirable to them, Lord God. And Father, we thank you. 
God, that that um, no harm will come to them, Lord God, that you would protect them, God, keep them safe, Lord God, and just just set them free. We declare that whom the Son, Jesus Christ, sets free is free indeed, God. And we thank you for releasing all the resources and labors into their lives, God. You know exactly what they need to see, exactly what they need to hear, Father. You know how to reach them at the innermost part of their being, God. You know, God. And we praise you that each one walks a road unlike the other, God, but you know how to reach them, God. So, Father, we thank you, God, for sending sending the truth that will set them free, Lord God. We declare and decree that they will be free, God, that they will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and Healer and Deliverer, and that they would come to, to receive him and 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 just walk with him, Lord God. Walk in that freedom and that liberty that he purchased on the cross. Jesus said it is finished, and we declare and decree, Lord, that these addictions are destroyed and broken off of our spouses and off of our children, Lord God. We give you all the glory, all the praise, Father God, every day, for you alone are worthy. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. This is Lori. Join with me as I pray for the children. Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, and we lift up the um, children that are going through these separations and divorces and that the kids that haven't asked to go through this, Lord, but they're stuck right in the middle. And God, I pray that you would just um, draw near to them and may they draw near to you. Lord, I pray for the children that are so young, they don't really even understand what's going on. And they just know that mommy or daddy aren't home with them every day. And they know that something's missing. And God, I pray that you would just protect these children, protect their hearts, Lord, and I pray um, for the parents that are left, that are caring for them as both mom and dad, that you would just give strength to these parents to be able to meet the needs that they have to meet as a single parent. Lord, I pray for the teenagers that are going through um, rejection and abandonment, and they're old enough and older where they realize that a father or a mother has walked away from them and has chosen another family sometimes or another lifestyle instead of them. And God, I pray that you would just um, be near to these children. God, I pray that they would just cry out to you and that you would be able to show yourself to them and and that you would um, answer the prayers that they have and the desires that they have to have a relationship with their parents. Lord, I pray that the things that the world has to offer these kids at this age and the kids that are hurting um, would not be appealing to them and that they would be able to walk away from those temptations and from those desires that would not be godly. Lord, I pray for um, the teenagers that are facing um, battles that um, so many of us never had to face as teenagers, and there's just so much more temptation and so much more sin accessible to our young people today at a younger age. I just pray that you would um, just give these kids the courage to say no to these things that they're tempted with. Give them the boldness to stand up to you. And God, I thank you for the um, the moms and the dads that are raising these kids as single parents that are getting them into churches, that are teaching them the word of God at home, and that they are giving them a foundation to stand on even in the midst of the battle and in the midst of the hurt that they are going through. God, I pray for um, adult children that have gone through their parents' divorce or separation, and it doesn't get any easier as you get older. Um, You still look up to your parents, and you still um, have a great amount of disappointment when you see that a marriage has fallen apart that you've looked to. And, Lord, I just pray that you would comfort these adult children of divorce and the kids that, 
um, the children that have gone through and maybe not dealt with issues that they've needed to deal with in their life and rejection and and sin that they've had in their life and that they've been watching through a parent. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just help them to be able to deal with these things so that they can go forward, they can declare that they will not make the same mistakes in their marriage and that they will um, live their marriage the way you intended for marriage to be. You intended that it's a a picture of your church and and of your relationship with God. And I pray that you would help um, each of us that have marriages that um, we would just make that a priority in our life. We would not give in to... Um, to the temptation to give up or to throw our hands in the air and to just walk away from things. But instead, we would fight for our marriages. Lord, I pray that as um, adult children of divorce go through their life and go through their struggles, that they would not fall into the trap that has been set by the generations before them. I pray that they would be the generation that stands up and that says, we're not going to give our marriage over to the enemy. Lord, I pray that you would just bring healing to the so many people that need healing, not only between the husband and wife, but between all of the um, family members that are affected by divorce. I just pray that um, men and women would realize it doesn't just affect the two people in a relationship. It goes so much further than that through family members, through um, people at church that we've talked about tonight, through um, neighbors and coworkers that, you know, look up to people and, and think that they have a godly marriage and then see that it falls apart and it just gives people such a loss of hope. God, I pray that you would just help us to um, to be stronger, Lord, to fight for what we need to fight for and to, to look to you. And God, as we approach Easter and we we think about the things that transpired so many years ago, Um, in the days that are coming. And, Lord, it wasn't easy um, for you to send your son to die for our sins and to send him to the cross, but there was a bigger reason. And as Ruth said tonight, what what she's been going through, and Rusty would probably say the same thing, that it is for your glory. And just as the, um, the death on a cross was painful to your son and painful to those that watched it, God, we know that it was for your glory and you had a bigger plan. So, Lord, as we go through these trials and as we watch these families that are torn apart and these kids that are hurting, God, I just pray that everything that happens would be done for your glory and that you would be glorified through this. Lord, I pray that you'd bring healing to these families and healing to these children that are walking through this. Thank you for the testimonies tonight, God. Thank you for um, the way that we've been able to hear how even though restoration hasn't come to Rusty yet and hasn't come to Ruth yet, you are still showing yourself in their lives and in their ministry. And I just pray that you would continue to do that. Give each person the faith that they need to go through this each and every day as they, they go through this journey, God. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Beverly, and if you'd please agree with me for a long stand. And according to Matthew eighteen nineteen and 20, where two or three are gathered together, Lord, you are in the midst of us, and we praise you and thank you, Lord, for you are Hosanna on the highest, and you are our ultimate sacrifice, our King of kings and Lord of lords, the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valleys. And Lord, we just lift to you this long-standing, Lord, is not by our power, not by our might, but through the power of the Holy Spirit is the only way that any of us can endure these long stands, Lord. And we know, Lord, in your word in Ephesians 6, 13, it says, when you've done all you can do, stand. 
And we just ask, Lord, that you would honor the sacrifices of the long-term standers, Lord, standing for God's best. Lord, when we've been in those trenches and those depths of the valleys and in the desert and the wilderness, Lord, and all the different circumstances, Lord, and situations that we have endured day after day, week after week, months, years, Lord, We ask that you would reward our long-time standers with breakthroughs, Lord, for our efforts in walking in faith and trusting our almighty God. Lord, that we're resting and waiting for your perfect timing to touch our prodigal spouses. And Lord, we ask, according to Acts 9 and 3, that each of them would have a Damascus Road experience this holy week, Lord. Lord, that your divine manifestation of your Shekinah glory would radiate over each and every one of them, and that your resurrection power would surge through our prodigals, Lord, and bring them to their senses. Lord, help them, have mercy on them, and we pray that each and every one of them will be in church attendance this week of Easter, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each of our prodigals' lives. We honor and praise you, Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. You are the God of the impossible, and we thank you, Father, for going after each and every one of our prodigals, and Lord, for honoring the prayers of the praying men and women who have been standing for their marriages for years sometimes, and we thank you, we thank you, Lord, for this. And we thank you, Father. We also want to lift to you and remember, Lord, also to have mercy on the non-covenant relationships. Lord, your word says in Hosea 4 and 6 that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. God's will is in his word, we know, Lord, and your word is your will, Father. So we ask, Lord, that you would have mercy on these non-covenant relationships. Lord, for them doing it the world's way and that they're not honoring God's will for the vows of marriage your way, almighty God. Please have mercy on them, Lord. Our prodigals, Lord, and anybody else who is in the situation with them, Lord, may they each and every one of them have the gift of salvation and may your spirit of truth rest upon each of them and may they be set free. We ask, Lord, that you would provide a way of escape according to 1 Corinthians 10:13 for our prodigals, Lord, and help them, Father. Help them, Lord, remove the scales and the plaster and the veils from their eyes, Lord, and help them to see the truth and be set free for your glory, Lord. And we also ask, Lord, that you would have mercy and protect the innocent babies that have been born out of this sinfulness. Oh, Lord, have mercy on these little ones. And, Lord, may each of them grow up to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and may they each be free from suffering from any kind of spirit of shame, rejection, or abandonment. God, have mercy on them and watch over them. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. You have a plan for each of their life. And, Lord, we also lift to you, Father. We ask, Lord, that in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, Lord, we lift for revival of this nation before you. Lord, your word says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Oh, Lord, have mercy on this nation. 
Lord, we need revival in this nation. And we ask, Lord, that you would raise up the watchman on the walls, according to Isaiah 62 and 6. And, Lord, that we would have prayer warriors lifting the prayers of this nation before you, Lord. Lord, send revival to this nation. And for your glory, pour out your spirit upon this nation. Set this nation on fire, Lord. We need a fresh indwelling, Lord, of in God we trust. And God bless America. You are Jehovah Nissi. You are the banner, Lord, over this nation. And we ask, Lord, that you would reign your banner over this nation, Lord, and send revival. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And, Lord, we just ask, we cry out to you as a nation, Lord, that you would have mercy on us, Lord. And, Lord, help us. Help us to be aligned and that we would be a godly nation, Lord, and that we would honor and praise you. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this nation. And we ask, Lord, that your mighty hand would move upon this nation and that many people will come to know you during this beautiful holiday and Easter, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ and his ultimate sacrifice. And we ask, Lord, that you would be glorified in this nation and, Lord, in our prodigal's lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the endurance, for the long-time standards. To God be the glory. This is for you, Lord, and about you. And we praise you and honor and thank you in Jesus' most blessed name. Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we just give you the praise, we give you the glory and honor for this evening. We just are amazed at uh, all the the two testimonies and what they encompassed and what they said and how it was so fitting for every one of our standards and and opened, uh, I know it has opened their eyes and ears and hearts to deal with some things that they need to deal with, with closing doors to many uh, relationships that need to be severed, cut, and destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that for our spouses that are gone, and we just ask that you would go and reveal to them that they are living in sin and they have been blinded and deceived. I pray you would speak to them in a thousand different ways, as Bob would say. And, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them this week as we are been praying and fasting for weeks uh, and months for this um, as we continue to know that there is power in fasting and it breaks the yokes of bondages. And Lord, we are praying that you will break a lot of yokes of bondages and and break the uh, chains of bondage and set them free, as it says in Isaiah 42, that you will set the captive free. And we just are asking that this would be the week, this would be the we uh, the weekend of uh, Resurrection Sunday that many thousands will be turning their hearts back to the Lord, repenting and crying out as David cried out in Psalm 50, 32 and 51, where he was crying out, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. And he was crying out for his God's compassion 
and asking God, the Lord, to remove all of his sins, all of his transgressions, all his iniquities, and cleansing him from all of their sins. And, Lord, that is what we not only pray that our spouses are going to cry out for, our children will cry out for, that have opened the doors to a sinful lifestyle, but we pray it for ourselves that we would be no better than we ask the Lord to examine our own hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and say, cleanse us from all of our impurities. And we are asking you, Will, that you desire truth in all of our inner parts. And Father, Lord, I just pray that you would open this standard, the prodigals and the standards eyes to your truth. And when we see your truth, we know that we know the prodigal and we will be set free from all of our bondages and all of our lies and deceptions that we have believed of the enemy. And we will walk in faith and hope and trust and we will not become weary because in due season we will reap a harvest. And we know that we can do it because it's an assignment for you and you will empower us and you will uh, continue to uh, walk in faith and hope and trust expecting and having the assurance that we have because you keep speaking to us and directing our steps and Lord I ask that you would give us all wisdom and knowledge and Lord we ask you most of all uh, cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness and we ask that you would create in each of us a pure heart renew a steadfast spirit within um, ourselves, but most of all into our spouses, creating them a pure heart, Father Lord, and restore to all of us the joy of your salvation. And we are praying that all of us will have a willing spirit to sustain us. And Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory that you are going to give every one of our standards the wisdom and the knowledge that they need and understanding for each and every situation that they're going through and that they will live a life worthy of the Lord and please you by bearing fruit and salvations will come to other people. And we pray that you will rescue, Father, that you will rescue any and all of us from any darkness, uh, any temptations with darkness being tempted to us. As uh, Ruth shared how she opened doors trying to seek your will and way and trying to find happiness. And, Lord, we ask that you will close all the doors of any that any standard has opened up. May this be a time of this week that we would examine our hearts and continue to uh, grow closer to you. Lord, we ask that you will go rescue our spouses, rescue every standard spouse. We ask and we just give you uh, the glory and honor that you are having, going to have them all have Damascus Road experiences, that you will have them have a burning bush experience that they will have a special encounter with you in whatever way you want to do it. You do it in a thousand or more different ways. But, Lord, may we not be discouraged, but may we say, Lord, we are going to rise up and become mighty men and women of God, and we're not going to wallow in our self-pity, but we're going to stand up and serve the Lord with gladness. And we are going to not, as it says, the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy, but you've come to give us life abundantly, and we have to choose that we're going to live in life abundance right now, that we have the Lord is our husband for this season, and we could do no better. And no one will 
be as much of a blessing to us as our husband is being the Lord God. And we just ask that you would touch all our standards. And, uh, Lord, we are just going to thank you for all of them that have, uh, that have taken this narrow road and accepted the assignment, accepted that marriage is not an assignment for temporary, but it is a permanent marriage. It is a covenant. And we are asking you to have us stand firm. But Lord, we are want to tell you, we praise you and thank you for how many marriages are being restored and how many young marriages are being restored, that we break the curse of the long stands and we pray for mighty breakthroughs for everyone in them quickly and suddenly and no more long stands. And Lord, we ask that there's, if there's any reason for any delays in any marriage that's not being restored, reveal it to the standard quickly and suddenly, and may they walk in obedience and turn from whatever it might be. Lord, we thank you that you forgive us of all of our sins, and we thank you for tonight. We give you all the glory and honor and praise for what you've accomplished tonight, and to God be the glory, and may you bless every standard. And if they're not right with you, may you turn them back to you, and may most of all, if there's any prodigals listening, we ask that you would turn their hearts to you, Father God, and may they cry out, Lord, save me, forgive me of my sins, and turn me back to you and to my family, and open the doorways of heaven to get me there. Lord, we are asking you to save, sanctify, and fill any one that has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. May tonight be the night that they do it, that they confess their sins and they humble themselves before you and that they will be transformed and they ask Jesus Christ to come into their heart and life as Lord and Savior. And we will just give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for all the prayers that have been uttered. We believe they are uh, like incense to you, Father, and we know that you our blessing, uh, you will bless each and every standard here, and we are just going to close um, with our our uh, pr- prayer warriors that are on, and I would ask you to join us as you just pray at home. Um, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, forgive us of our daily, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And we just give you the praise and the glory for thine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're thrilled to have everybody tonight. Thank you, Rusty. Thank you, Ruth, Deanne, Lori, Beverly. We're thrilled to have you. And most of all, we're thrilled for all your prayers that you've prayed. And uh, we will be having another telephone conference next month, and we hope you will join us. God bless you all. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org. And help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.